0: History. Be without fear in the face of your enemies.
1: History. Speak the truth. History makers. Safeguard the helpless. That is your own. You can do it. Yes, yeah. I am. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host Matt Prater. Today we're talking with the Reverend Tim Costello, a man who has formerly been the Mayor of St Kilda and Senior Minister at Collins Street Baptist Church and now the CEO of World Vision. Welcome, Reverend Tim. Thank
0: you. Great to be talking to you.
1: Fantastic. Now, how many people confuse you for your brother every day?
0: I do get questions. Are you Peter and can you give me my money back? He gets questions though. Uh, Good on you. You're the brother I like. You're you're Tim, aren't you? (laughs) So uh, both of us confuse the the punters a bit.
1: Now you were involved in the media quite a bit after the tsunami disaster. Uh, Tell us a bit about how World Vision has been helping out uh, those that were affected by the tsunami.
0: Yeah, World Vision's in the four uh, mainly tsunami-affected areas. Uh, I've been up to Arche twice and up to Sri Lanka. The work is really progressing well. Uh, people often don't understand why we couldn't have spent all the money immediately, and that's because titles were washed away. No-one agreed on where their boundaries were. You have to slow down and consult the community about how they want to rebuild. Uh, You know, if it was Brisbane wiped out and foreign NGOs came and said, step back, we'll just do it all for you... Uh, you'd say, well, hang on, thanks for helping, but we're going to have a say. So you've got to allow the Archonese, the Sri Lankans, to have a say, and that's what we've been doing, and uh, we're really seeing some great progress. So um, we're well on the way of spending those monies.
1: Fantastic. Now, obviously, uh, being involved in World Vision and inv- involved in the church you've been involved in uh, has been something that uh, has been assigned to the world of your faith. Tell us a little bit about how you came to faith. Uh, was it in, in your teenage years or were you younger?
0: Yeah, look, I was privileged to have parents who had strong Christian faith. So I grew up uh, believing in God, believing that uh, God had shown us His love in the personal face of Jesus, that His. Um, uh, mission on Earth was to really show me that I could have uh, both forgiveness of my sins, have a purpose for living, have a uh, an assurance that um, my uh, destiny, eternal destiny, was was set if I followed Him. So, um, a lot of the anxiety about the meaning questions, the purpose questions, were settled fairly young for me by virtue of saying, "I believe this. I'm living out this story. I'm following Jesus," and. Uh, that, that certainly led me to World Vision.
1: Now, you could have just gone off and, you know, been a corporate lawyer and made a million dollars. Um, when did you decide to start serving the Lord with, your, with the majority of your time? Uh, was that at a young age as well?
0: Look, it was. Right from the earliest days, I knew that whatever I did, um, it was going to be for the purpose of showing this world that God is committed to passionately, that He hasn't given up on in all of its brokenness and failure and uh, sin, uh, that there, there was hope. So um, in my teenage years, I really said to God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. I went and studied law. I uh, worked as a lawyer. I went and then studied theology and worked as a pastor. In fact, for the first 15 years of my ministry, I worked as a lawyer pastor. Uh, my move from uh, law to grace was a little slower than most. And uh, There I was working in a storefront um, legal firm with sex workers, drug addicts, homeless, mentally ill, um, kids who really had the skids under them, and as a pastor introducing them to uh, Jesus, to following him, to how the spiritual dimension could really uh, resolve things that the, uh, the law and the legal dimension could never solve.
1: Now there might be people listening at the moment that are thinking, this guy obviously has something that I haven't got and they might be interested in connecting with God somehow. What would be your your advice to someone that might be asking those questions?
0: Oh, look, I think the great question for every human is to say, why am I here? And uh, Christian faith answers it because uh, you are a child of God. You were created for a relationship with Him. Uh, That's been my experience, and um, I would encourage you if you've got any uh, spiritual inklings, whatever, Uh, religious uh, direction you're you're taking to say, well, the real thing, the authentic thing is uh, a relationship with God to know while you're here, what the purpose is. For me, I believe that's been answered in uh, God's son, Jesus, uh, sending him to die for our sins and uh, having a relationship with God through him. So uh, that's that's the signpost I would uh, suggest you have a look at.
1: What do you answer to the question, who's Jesus?
0: Look, I think Jesus uh, showed us what perfect love was. A love that didn't know when to stop. A love that even on the cross was saying of those who had executed him, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. A love that um, the world desperately needs. And uh, uh, that that face of God, of a loving God, turned toward us, uh, not to condemn us and judge us, but to actually have a relationship with us and to make the world a better place, That's who Jesus was, and uh, I think that's why he came.
1: Fantastic. Now, uh, a lot of people might be thinking, okay, this guy talks about a relationship with God. I don't really know how to pray. People might be scared about the idea of prayer. What's the best way for you to explain that to to the layperson?
0: Yeah, look, prayer sounds a scary word, but it's actually a word just for talking, and it means having a chat. Having a chat by faith with God, saying, well, you know me, here are the here's the deal, I'm, uh, I'm uh, hurting, I'm broken, I'm feeling I'm failing my own standards, let alone your standards, uh, what can you do with this life? And handing it over. And uh, that's what prayer is, just saying, take this life, I, I do want to follow uh, Jesus, I um, surrender uh, my ways and uh, living for myself to your ways and following Jesus.
1: Now tell us about books, what kind of books are you into reading? Have you, uh, have you got a favourite one you're reading at the moment?
0: Look, I read very widely. Um, One of my favorite books from a Christian perspective was the book by Philip Yancey, What's So Amazing About Grace? Um, Because it reminded me again of just the stunning, astonishing nature of uh, uh, a love that is scandalous, that um, says, look, I know the worst about you and I still love you. Uh, That book was a great book.
1: Fantastic. And what about role models and mentors in your life? Is there anyone that you can say uh, inspires you and and that you follow their lead in in your life?
0: Yeah. Look, at different stages of my life, there have been different role models. When I was younger, a teenager, there were some guys who were strong Christian leaders uh, uh, doing preaching in the open air and teaching me how to cope with, with that. Then in theological college there was a guy called uh, Torvald Lorenzen who I studied under in Switzerland who um, really showed me how uh, Jesus didn't get executed just for going around and saying, you know, love one another, that uh, you get Rotary awards for that. He actually uh, got executed for including in his circle people who were... Excluded unclean people, prostitutes, uh, tax collectors, publicans. He touched lepers, breaking down the, the very strict boundaries between clean and unclean. And if you're unclean, you're out. A bit like winners and losers in our culture. Um, and uh, he was a great uh, mentor. Later on in life, reading, though I never met them, of course, uh, the works of Mandela, of uh, Martin Luther King, these people were enormously inspiring for me as a person who took faith and the world seriously and tried to engage both.
1: And what about a career in politics for yourself? Is that uh, uh, on, on the plans down the track?
0: Look, I've had my chances. When I was Mayor of St Kilda, I was offered a safe Senate seat. Uh, the, the, the confusing thing for me personally is all the major parties have offered me a seat, which makes me think, what is it about my politics that seems to be uh, either so imprecise or so uh, too, too acceptable? Um, I've chosen not to take up those options. I've chosen not to uh, go into politics, not because I don't think it's really important. I do, and I think it's important to have good people there. But um, I've found I can actually shake the tree, rattle the cage uh, often outside the corridors of power by shaping public opinion, by speaking uh, forthrightly, which uh, if you're a member of a party is a little bit hard to do. So uh, for me, I've I've turned down the political option.
1: Now, I really believe uh, in the great ministry work of World Vision and obviously you do too being the CEO. uh, There's a lot of people nowadays who talk the talk but they don't walk the walk they don't actually you know give to the poor or give clothes to the poor visit the poor all the things that Jesus said do you want to tell us a bit about why you think that's such an important part of of our human existence to reach out to the poor
0: yeah look I think poverty is the greatest blasphemy against God Um, people made in the image of God children made in the image of God who die each day, 30,000 die each day of dirty water, of preventable disease, of not getting access to medications and medicines you and I take for granted. If you uh, want, as a believer, to say what is the greatest obscenity and blasphemy to God, it's it's this. Um, It's much more than any other profanity you can think of. Why? Because I think Jesus came to show that sin is everything that cripples and distorts the image of God. And uh, poverty, extreme poverty does that. And salvation is everything that restores a relationship and and restores the image of God in those who are his children. So World Vision, a, a Christian humanitarian organization exists to tackle world poverty because we believe this is the greatest challenge. And uh, at the end of the day, I love worship and I love uh, going to church and all of that, but The point of worship and going to church is to nourish me to follow Jesus. Jesus never said worship me, he said follow me. And following him to actually overcome poverty I think is the great calling of the church and it's why World Vision, an expression of the church, exists.
1: I'm very passionate on on our show History Makers about marriage. The divorce rate is terrible in Australia and all around the world. What would your advice be to those that are struggling in their marriages at the moment?
0: Look, I think everybody struggles in their marriage. The first thing to realize is you're not alone. The second thing is to say a marriage um, actually requires two parties good at listening and good at forgiving. You know, you, you, you hurt the people you love. And uh, where you need a third party, a counsellor, a pastor to sit with you and say, you know, don't be scared admitting it's, it's uh, got some problems. Let's then find out how... We overcome the fears of uh, failure, of uh, separation, of actually being big enough to forgive. Let's talk about it honestly. Then most marriages can be retrieved and pulled back, and pulled back from the brink. So, um, being proactive about it, getting help, realizing there are spiritual resources that's the most important thing.
1: Now, the other big issue around the world at the moment is terrorism, and there's a lot of people that are uh, poisoned by fear because of terrorism. What's your personal take on that?
0: Look, I think there's always been a, a fear of terrorism. I think it's just got right out of hand. Um, the, uh, the truth is, you know, Australians <clears throat> could be forgiven for thinking the major cause of premature death in our world is terrorism. Well, it's not. It's, it's hunger and it's poverty. Now, I, I personally think, though... There are issues around terrorism we have to address. It's got to be put in perspective. You know, when uh, Americans stopped flying after 9-11 because of that terrible tragedy, far more died on the roads because so more dr- drove than uh, if they'd taken a plane. In other words, you know, life does have its uncertainties, and uh, a life of faith is taking seriously. that You can trust God that uh, your life has purpose. Um, that you are in his hands, that faith is the best antidote for fear and for terrorism. That's very good news.
1: Now, just to wrap it up, is there a favourite passage of the Bible or a verse that you'd like to share that has been on your heart lately that you might want to share with our listeners?
0: I've I've been thinking a lot about um, a verse where Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think... um, The deeper I look into this notion of salvation, I see it's not just about personally saving my soul. It's about the quality of my relationship with God now, the quality, therefore, of my relationship with my wife, my family, my neighbors, and those in the global village, those who are crippled and deformed by the uh, stigma of poverty. So working out my salvation is taking seriously that uh, in, in following Jesus and having a purpose in life is really God's spirit really confirming my salvation and helping me grow into it.
1: Thank you very much for joining us, Tim. You certainly are a history maker. That's a pleasure. You've been listening to History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again or you'd like to find out more about the guests we have on this show, just go to historymakersradio.com. We'd love to have your feedback. History Makers.